Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Especially now we're celebrating them, at least today and tomorrow. Very, very special focus on Days of gratitude here on Super Talk. And speaking of gratitude, let me bring my partner in crime in, Cal uh, Curley, the producer of the show, and just say good morning. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Look, you know, it's interesting. There's a day of gratitude at Super Talk, uh, as I said, today and tomorrow. But in a way, we sort of live in a gratitude moment every single day, don't we? We do. Just lucky to be here. Lucky to be um, on the right side of dirt, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, Boy, isn't that true man isn't that true we uh you got exposed to covid a bunch of times and you were lucky you didn't get it uh i got exposed i don't even know how i got exposed and i got it but we both you know it's been a it's been a challenging year we've learned to use technology we've met so many amazing people yep. we've made so many friends but um man i mean and I, go ahead i'm sorry i got vaccinated last week i went and got my first round yeah, good, good. I get my easy second shot tomorrow. Yeah, I think I go on the 16th. Yeah, good, good. But we celebrate people, and we 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 hear from them the gratitude that they have for the people who surround them. That's that's sort of what this show is all about. I mean, our daily shows about gratitude, but we get this opportunity today and tomorrow to talk to to some really standout people in coastal Mississippi as we think about about that we have a great lineup of guests but hey i'm i'm thankful for you my friend you've been terrific well i appreciate it glad i could be a help and uh get everything done mostly uh right the first time <laughs> not always the case hey well look we're using technologies that were never used before we're doing things that we've never done before and uh you know i would say 99.9 percent of the time it's incredible and the time that it's not people sort of understand it because you know, people got you, they're all using technology and they see that Wi-Fi is an issue and, right. you know, various technologies can hang up from time to time. They see that. But uh, I think most people, I think majority of people, if not all people, are really thankful for the work that you do and how you support me and the way we're able to deliver uh, a celebration of Coastal Mississippi every day. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I always celebrate my failures just as much as I do my successes. So <laughs> that's because you're a perfectionist, man. You're, you're, so, hey, you're, you're. You thrive on excellence. You know, one of those, I, I tell you, one of those things, I mean, it's, it's interesting. When we were introduced to Nathan Best and uh, Jordan Chaldron yesterday, the show we had yesterday, where we called it this pandemic diversion, you know, Nathan's a Grammy award winner. He, you know, he worked on the, on the uh, comedy movie soundtrack, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And won a country music award, and he's, he settles here in coastal Mississippi. He meets saxophonist Jordan Chaldron. They start doing this music together. It was fun doing that show yesterday, wasn't it? It really was. They both of them great people, just super nice to work with. I had a couple of conversations with Nathan afterwards. Um, very nice guy. Yeah, I mean it's uh. You know, we're finding these like these diamonds that are surrounded all over coastal Mississippi. And it's cool to see people who've been all over the world and settle here and yeah. then find each other. And then, 
I don't know. It's great to be able to tell those stories. So anyway, thank you, buddy. I really appreciate you. You bet. Okay, we're going to switch. I want to read a couple things about gratitude to you before we go to our first guest. We're starting our day of gratitude with one of our dearest friends, Dr. Nicholas Conger, and we'll be to him in just a second. But uh, here's something I found, and I don't even know the source of this, but it says, did you know gratitude? And here are some bullet items. Shields you from negativity. Makes you at least 25% happier. Rewires your brain. Eliminates stress. It heals. It improves sleep. It boosts your self-esteem and performance. It really enhances your law of, of the law of attraction as it relates to you because it, it improves relationships. Um, I really agree with that. I think that for us to be gracious is one of the most empowering things that we can do. Here's another thing that I wrote, I, I found. Practicing gratitude and being grateful are the keys to a happier life. Uh, something else I saw that really kind of hit me. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. You know, that's, well, think about that. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. And if you're gracious about the past year, you know, we did get down to the basics in life in some respects and learn to appreciate those things. And I think that's just a, a good thing. That came actually from the Berkeley website, the Berkeley Education website. And here's, here's another one. Gratitude. It's not happiness that brings gratitude. It's gratitude that brings happiness. It seems like such a basic thing. But as I mentioned, today and tomorrow, we're going to be celebrating gratitude here on Super Talk. It's such a, we have such a great lineup of guests. And I couldn't think of a better one to start with than our friend, Dr. Nicholas Conger. He's the infectious disease internist from Memorial. And he's been with me every step of the way since the beginning of the COVID experience. Uh, he even helped me during my COVID. Uh, so I have a great internist, Dr. T uh, Matakaveri in Biloxi. But Dr. Conger, as a friend, just you know, was able to give me some advice along the way, and I really appreciate him. And as we look back, Dr. Conger, there is a lot to be thankful for, isn't there? Yeah, you know, there, there certainly is. You know, it was a tough year for a lot of people, um, you know, but... Uh, what impressed me the most is the resilience that uh, people showed in the, you know, not just in the healthcare system, but in the community and, and how people, you know, um, you know, not, not just all the flexibility we, we made in the hospital, but all the efforts, you know, nationally to come out with the vaccines, how people adapted their lifestyle to, to zoom meetings and leveraging technology. How I love, I love the way our, our school system leaned forward and said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to try to teach in person and, and, and see how that goes. And, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, lots of people did lots of courageous things to keep their businesses open. And, and uh, you know, just, you know, I, I like I like it when people adapt and survive and make the best out of their situation. That goes along with gratitude as well. You know, Lee Bond, who is the president of the Singing River Medical System, he'll be on tomorrow with uh, with with a couple of special guests. One of the things he said is that that America is a very productive country. I mean, I mean, in order to stay productive. <laughs> We had to find, we had to find the right balance between keeping people safe and keeping the economy going. Because if we didn't keep the economy going, the pain and agony and problems and significant health issues that would derive with that uh, were going to be very significant. So we had to find the, the balance. And you know, I agree with you. I think that the coastal Mississippi small businesses, the tourism industry. 
hospitals, I mean, first responders, the the list literally just goes on and on. They found the way to sort of keep things moving forward in the midst of this pandemic. And, and because you have such a, man, you have such a great view because you get to see the, the medical professionals, you get to see patients that come from all walks of life. You're really in a unique position to see how people went beyond the call of duty. But on top of that, you know, what people who were just trying to be productive in society while remaining safe, what they had to go through. It was a, you're, you're in a unique position, aren't you? Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we, we saw people um, on the, with this pandemic from all walks of life, from all different professions. And, and you know, with our, um, our tourism industry, we get people from out of town that just get hit with the, the virus or other illnesses. And they're, 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 they show up at a hospital in a place that they don't live, you know. And, and uh, you know, a lot of adjustments had to be made for sure. You told me um, there's so many conversations that we've had along the way. I've learned a lot about things from you. And, uh, and I'll always cherish those learnings. And I think in some respects, I probably will personally never go back to where we were. You know, I'm, I'm in a different place now as it, re- as it relates to uh, things like the conversation we had about the study about um, what was it, uh, uh, the chips and dip and, and, <laughs> and, and germaphobes. And, yeah. But, you know, I remember really well uh, the conversation we had about, let, let me really just get down to the nut of it the nurses and the role that they had to play in the hospital and how people can easily forget that in the beginning of the, of the, of the pandemic, loved ones couldn't be with their loved ones as they died. And it was often the nurses that were there holding their hands and there were husband and wives who died together. You know, we, it's easy, you know, we, life moves fast and we forget about where we were, but we were in an agonizing moment at one point, weren't we? Yeah. You know, and it's a, it, it, it's a huge effort. And, you know, you talked about gratitude today and you brought up the nurses, you know, so it's, I'm an infectious disease doctor and I, and I got, you know, I got to talk about this. Um, but, um, but man, I'm just one doctor, you know, I see patients, I keep up with the literature, I make recommendations, but people need to realize that these patients have hospitalists taking care of them, pulmonary critical care doctors, all sorts of, of other doctors taking care of them. That's just the doctor side. Then you have all the nurses and the nurses are spending minute to minute with the patients all day. And then beyond that, remember, there's people, there's phlebotomists that draw their blood, there's nurses, aides, and technicians. You know, there's respiratory technicians that were putting themselves at risk early on in the pandemic. You know, and that's just the inpatient side. And I'm going to keep rambling on here for a second. You know, on the outpatient side, you had people having to fix stuff in their clinics as well. Let's do this because I don't want to lose that. We have another segment together. So okay. when we continue the conversation on the other side, Dr. Nicholas Conger and I will continue to talk about how grateful we are for the healthcare profession and the things that he personally witnessed during this pandemic. What an incredible, what an incredible contribution they have made as we have this day of gratitude here on Super Time. We'll see you after this break. On Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
Welcome back to Coast You. It's not happiness that brings us gratitude, it's gratitude that brings us happiness. And here is a, a moment here on Super Talk for us to have some gratitude over what we observed over the past year on this day of, uh, on this day of gratitude. And I couldn't pick a better first guest than Dr. Nicholas Conger, who's an infectious disease doctor at Memorial. He's been a, just a great friend of mine, a great friend of the show. And uh, he's taught us a lot about how to keep ourselves and our families safe. And he's, you know, along the way, relayed these incredible stories of the way the healthcare profession has really stepped up. And when we went to a break, you were, you were talking about outpatient care, but it, it really takes a team. There are so many incredible dots that connect. Why don't you kind of take us through right. how all these dots connect? Right. So I just gone through that long list of people that work on the inpatient side. And, uh, you know, we also need to include discharge planners. So we have people that are arranging for home oxygen and all this stuff and, and the home health companies that help us out. And I was going to say, that's just the inpatient side. You know, we have the outpatient side that have all those same groups, doctors, nurses, technicians, laboratory workers that are, and they didn't get the PPE. The hospital got the PPE early when there were shortages. And they're saying, hey, you know, how do we deal with this? Um, and just, so, and people don't, may not realize, you know, like the whole pharmacy team bringing in these medicines as, as, hey, this drug works. Now this drug works. Now how do we get our hands on that? We had the lab, you know, they were looking at tests and bringing labs, lab, new lab platforms on as fast as possible. Infection control nurse trying to keep everyone safe. And our, our acquisition, uh, like the, the person who's in charge of acquiring supplies and his team, I mean, my goodness, they remember they were driving out with hospital credit cards to breweries buying, um, you know, uh, hand sanitizer made in breweries trying in trying to find alternate ways to get us gloves and different supplies. And, and, uh, and it's just a tremendous effort, you know? And so fortunately in Memorial, we have a CEO and Ken Nico, who's, who's very supportive and, and our admin teams and people in charge of our clinics, creating these lines to distribute vaccines. I mean, it, it's, it's a massive effort and it's still ongoing. I, I want to want your listeners to get the wrong idea. We're not taking a victory lap here. We are potentially approaching a time of a new normal with low level COVID. But, it, man, it's a time to reflect back on, on all those people. I didn't even mention my nurse practitioners, like Dr. Penico and I have, have uh, six nurse practitioners between us. And uh, there's so many nurse practitioners that support the doctors and the nurses as well. And so it's just, it's just an amazing, uh, amazing uh, amount of, of effort that goes into this coordinated response just in one hospital. Well, my, yeah, my daughter-in-law is, a, is an RN, and she works uh, as a transition nurse uh, between Memorial and Select. And, um, and she's, you know, she's seen some long-term care issues and whatever. And the story she brings back about the commitment that so many people have made during this time, it's been truly remarkable, man. I, it's just been remarkable. You know, one of the things I remember us talking about was, and, and maybe this is a a, a time to bring this up, but it's really kind of sad, actually, that that one of the points you made all along, and this is still very true today, that one of the safest places that people could have been at is the hospital because of the, the care that was being uh, uh, paid to things like cleanliness and all the protocols you guys put in place. And it was sad, actually, as an infectious disease doctor to watch some patients who may have had infections who, who waited too long because they felt it was unsafe to go to the hospital. And what ended up happening was they would end up with an amputation or something right. because they waited too long. And uh, so you know, I know this is not necessarily focused on gratitude, but it does. It, it, there actually is a piece of gratitude to this, and that is all those people who worked in housekeeping and 
all the work that's been done to make this hospital one of the cleanest, safest place to go. Man, those people did their work, didn't they? Yeah, you know, they sure did. They sure did. And, and you know, we're still seeing those repercussions today to hammer that that point home. We're still seeing people coming in with with just their chronic medical conditions uh, in disarray. You know, their diabetes isn't controlled. Their their heart disease isn't under control. And and you know, and they're and they're suffering the health consequences. And when we say, you know, well, hey, why didn't you come back? Well, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go catch COVID. We still have patients that refuse to come to our clinic because they don't want to catch COVID. And we, you know, we're trying to tell them, hey, you know, we need to go back to giving you the best care we can. You can't, there are things you can do on the phone, but you can't do everything on the phone. So. No, you, you can't. Any, any closing thought on gratitude before we get an update on the numbers? And I want to share with you a post that I saw on Facebook that, you know, I want to get your response to it. But anything else you'd like to say about gratitude? Well, the only closing thing I'd say is, you know, if, if I left someone off that list, I apologize, you know, and, and just, uh, you know, so many people are working hard and they will continue to work hard. Yeah, no, no doubt. Hey, one other, I'm thankful for you, my friend. I watched you the other day on WLOX, and and you've been uh, you've been just out there educating people and reporting on what you're seeing. I love that you've spent more time in in my show because it's a longer format show, and we're not we're not capturing sound bites. I'm no offense to any other media; they just don't have the time to provide that Coast View does. And the fact that we've been able to really kind of get deep into this and educate people, and that's been terrific. And I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Okay, so what I what I someone posted, you know, I, you and I talked a little bit about this, but Facebook. Um, I came from digital media, so I understand how Facebook works. Artificial intelligence is it, through what is essentially an ad delivery mechanism. And that's that's what it was, an ad delivery mechanism that was created by kids in their tw- early twenties, and now it's used to provide us our Facebook feeds every day. And so what it looks for is engagement. It could be engagement around something negative or it could be engagement around something positive. But once they see the engagement, then they start feeding that whatever that is to people who who have you know may agree with that based on their past, you know, their past activity. And what it does is it makes everyone feel like everyone else agrees with them, even if even if what's been posted is false. And one of the things that people posted was this that the vaccine is poisonous. And then what wait, What all these people weighed in, I couldn't find a single person that weighed in that said, well, no, that's wrong. It's not. Yeah. Uh, it, and there was a feeding frenzy around it, you know, conspiracies and control and, you know, it's not safe and blah, blah, blah. Do you still hear that? Yeah. You know, um, it is interesting, you know, the, the, the people who are against this vaccine, it's, it's such a diverse group of people uh, by age and by ethnicity and by culture. Uh, it's almost like uh, every group of people that you can group people into has their own reasons to be a little bit suspicious of the vaccine. And, and what I just tell people is, honestly, I say, look, you know, um, I've seen people with COVID <laughs> and I've seen people get the vaccine. And I'd much rather take my chances with the vaccine, you know, and, and I think that the nice thing about these vaccines is they've worked so well. And again, sometimes I feel like I'm the vaccine salesman. OK, the, the flu vaccine we push and we push and it's only 40 to 60 percent effective any given year. But it does make people less sick when they get the flu. And so there's plenty of stories of I got the flu vaccine and I still got the flu. OK, there are not going to be that many stories of I got the covid vaccine. And once I was fully vaccinated, I got a severe case of covid. That is not going to happen. I think what we're going to see here, the truth always wins out, we say, right? I think what you're going to see here is that those who've had the vaccines are going to, it's going to be clear that they're not getting sick. And those who don't, 
are the ones that are going to get sick. And again, we talk about the media, and I really wish the media did this, and I'm going to push for it locally. We need to report the number of COVID cases, and we need to report what percentage of those were in unvaccinated people. Because if they start hearing we had 200 cases in the state and 195 of them did not have a vaccine, it's going to drive it home. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be the haves and have-nots, I think, because this vaccine is so effective. Those who've had it are going to be free and living uh, stress-free from COVID, at least. And those who don't are going to be worried that they're going to get sick. And so I, I hope the vaccine is so good, it washes all of that skepticism away. And you're saying the U.S. experience is near, it's, I mean, it's 100%. I mean, I mean, it's as close to 100% as you can get effectiveness. Now, here's the other point. And this is the point that people need to hear, at least the ones who aren't getting the vaccine, that if you don't get the vaccine and you get COVID, then what you're doing is you're creating a site for mutations to occur. And one of the things we got to be really focused on is getting everyone vaccinated so we can stop this virus and the spread of mutant, you know, mutant strains. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I, and um, yeah, that's why that's why I'm I'm really a big advocate for this vaccine. Like I said, it's it, it it's I don't know if people understand just how crazy good it is that this vaccine is as effective as it is so far. Now, like you said, these mutant strains could come, and if they do, hopefully the vaccine has the adaptability so you get a little bit of booster, and we just keep moving on. Well, so far, so far, at least the known strains. The vaccines do really well against known strains. And what I love about, at least based on everything I've read and what you said to me in the past, I'm not being the expert. I'm just sharing what experts have said or written. Now, here's the other point. And I love this point that you made on the last show, that we're missing an opportunity, you know, I would say federal government, maybe even in the state, we're missing an opportunity to say something like this, give people a reward for getting the vaccine. So get the vaccine, lose the mask. Now, there's a, there's, there are going to be situations like if you go to a casino, they still require masks. If you go to right. certain restaurants, they still require masks. We're saying honor that. Right. And if you go where there's a lot of people and some people have masks, it's probably okay to best to wear a mask just so you don't make people feel nervous. But at the end of the day, when you get the vaccine, once you get past that two weeks past your second shot, you don't need to wear a mask. I mean, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Right. That's right. You know, and I know that there are some people, you know, reluctant to say that nationally, but and they're worried about asymptomatic spreading, but there's more and more data coming out every day. Basically, if you get the vaccine, you're 95% less likely to catch the infection, 99% less likely to get admitted, 99.9% less likely to die, and 90 to 95% less likely to accidentally spread it. So I, in, in my opinion, wearing a mask after you've been fully vaccinated offers a minuscule benefit. I think, you know, get vaccinated, lose a mask would encourage more people to get vaccinated and save more lives and cause less infection. Dr. Nicholas Conger, I'm grateful for you because of that message you just sent out. You've been such a practical-minded doctor from the very beginning and a great friend to coach you. Thank you very much for kicking off our day of gratitude, buddy. Hey, my pleasure, and, and thank thank you for your platform. You, you bet, man. You bet. We'll see you when we... After this break, we'll have Brandy Westman. She actually spent some time volunteering as a nurse up in New York City. We'll see you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.